your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 706 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And the Rangers coming off of just an incredible third period. They uh, unleash an all-out barrage on the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, they light up Vili Husso, who's been phenomenal to start the season for Detroit. And they go on to turn a 2-2 tie in the third period into an 8-2 victory. A game that saw the Rangers get a lot of uh, secondary scoring, which is something that we've been talking about the Rangers need to get. And obviously, look, you're not going to get eight goals in every game. You're not going to get uh, you know, a goal from Gautier and Hayek and Goudreau in every single game. But it's really nice to see the Rangers, uh, once again, getting some goals and some offense from some uh, at least somewhat unlikely sources here. And, uh, you know, a lot to talk about today. Obviously, it's a very much a feel-good win. The Rangers snapped their three-game losing streak. You just hope that everything's kind of back on track here. It felt like watching that third period that the Rangers were kind of just... Uh, you know, releasing all the frustrations that they've had, uh, you know, for a good chunk of the early portions of this season here. There's times where they've really scuffled, but uh, they went off and uh, had a good game even before the third period. You know, they played well for the most part, and you just hope that this is the game that gets them right back on track. Got a back-to-back coming up this weekend, and you hope they can just kind of carry that momentum uh, into those two games and uh, hopefully sweep another weekend back-to-back as they did earlier this season. But a lot to talk about here today. Going to talk about the line combinations that the Rangers rolled with for this game and why I don't think they can possibly even think about making any changes to those line combinations in the next game. Uh, we're also going to discuss the kid line reunion. I, I thought the three of them played great together. Uh, going to talk about uh, the aforementioned third period by the New York Rangers, just unreal, probably their best period all season. Uh, Adam Fox, which is a casual four-point night, you know, no big deal, one goal, three assists for Adam Fox. Uh, Igor Shosturkin with a solid performance as well. And I also want to spotlight uh, two players who I said after the Islander game, because we were trying to find at least a couple of positives from that game. I said after that game that I thought VZ and Kravtsov both played their best game of the season against the Islanders, and I think both of them topped themselves in this game. So you hope that that's a little bit of a springboard. I mean, with VZ, probably got to keep expectations in check, but if he can be at least something of a steady contributor, that's nice. And if the Rangers can unlock something in Vitaly Krasov, then uh, that's going to be big for this team going forward as well. Uh, Rangers score six goals in the third period. As I mentioned, uh, they scored five of those goals in a span of just six minutes and 45 seconds. Video game-like numbers, just awesome. But I want to start today with talking about uh, one of the Rangers' most important players, something of an unsung hero. I mean, I think Ranger fans, it's Ryan Lindgren, okay? But I think that, uh, you know, Ranger fans, they, they know how important Ryan Lindgren is, and they know how good he's been and what he's meant to this team over these past couple of seasons. But 
you know, casual hockey fans, fans of other teams, I don't think they're really all that aware of Ryan Lindgren and who he is. Obviously, you know, he gets overshadowed sometimes by some of the other Ranger defensemen. Once again, not so much for, for Ranger fans, but for uh, hockey fans from, you know, around the league. But man, this guy is just so important to this team. He's one of my favorite players. I've made no secrets about that. Hard-nosed, old-school hockey player. And I knew that he was big for this team. You know, I knew that he really makes an impact when he's out there. But even I wasn't prepared for uh, the stat that they showed during the pregame uh, of this contest here uh, as it pertains to Ryan Lindgren and the impact that he makes on this Ranger team. So I want to read you this stat real quick. With Ryan Lindgren, uh, this is a stat that encompasses this year and all of the previous three seasons, including the playoffs. So when Ryan Lindgren is in the lineup over that time span, the Rangers have a record of 124, 79, and 18. And also, in those games, they allow 2.71 goals per game. When Ryan Lindgren is not in the lineup in that same time period, again, this season and the three seasons before, including the playoffs, when Ryan Lindgren is not in the lineup, the Rangers have a record of 8, 14, and 2, and they have allowed 3.75 goals per game when Lindgren is not out there. So a difference of literally a goal, slightly more than a goal per game difference uh, when Ryan Lindgren is in the lineup versus when he is not in the lineup. And as far as the games where he doesn't play, it's only 24 games. It's not like an enormous sample size, but it's also not such a small sample size that you just shrug it off and say, whatever. Ryan Lindgren is a huge, huge player on this team. Somebody that, again, gets overlooked at times, but he really shouldn't because uh, he is the heart and soul of this New York Ranger team. We talked about that and the impact that he had in the playoffs last year when he got back into the lineup against the Penguins. Uh, this guy, man, he, he's... He's, he's big time for this New York Ranger team. One of the more unheralded and underrated defensemen in the entire league. And something that I just want to mention is kind of a quick aside here. You know, the Rangers, they have a cap crunch right now, and there's a lot of players with some big contracts, a lot of players with some long contracts. And, you know, there's different theories on what the Rangers could do, a certain contract that they might look to move in the offseason if they need to create some more cap space. The one thing I do not want to see this team do, it's an idea that comes up every now and then, uh, but I don't think, uh, you know, too many Ranger fans would be in favor of this. You cannot trade Ryan Lindgren to make more cap space. He's just too important to this team. Ryan Lindgren right now is making $3 million per season. He, before last season, signed a three-year, $9 million extension. So $3 million per season. He's in year two of that. He will be a restricted free agent with arbitration rights after not this season, but next season. Man, you got to find a way. I know it's tough, but you got to find a way to keep this guy in the fold. He's just too valuable to this team. And those stats that I just uh, read, I think uh, certainly prove that as well. As far as this game is concerned and you know how Ryan Lindgren did in his return to the lineup, uh, he was out there for a goal against early in this game, Detroit's first goal of the contest. But you know, overall, a solid game. He was a plus three. He had one hit and two blocked shots. He got only 16 minutes and 51 seconds of ice time. That was actually second fewest among New York Ranger defensemen. The fewest was Libor Hayek, who had 16-21. Uh, but I would imagine with Lindgren, you'll see his uh, time on the ice certainly increase as we move forward here. Probably a situation where they're just being cautious and uh, you know not wanting to uh, chance anything with him returning from an upper body injury that you know, I, I don't want to speculate too much, but it, it looked like a concussion. I mean, I, I don't know if the Rangers have ever officially confirmed that, but uh, yeah, obviously just, you know, playing a little bit safe as Lindgren gets his legs back under him, but uh, fantastic game for Ryan Lindgren. And I also want to uh, turn our attention to the line combinations. I'm going to have some thoughts there and, you know, the positives and the negatives out of, you know, the, the changes that the Rangers made. We're going to do that in just a second and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. But first, I just want to let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league. From football to basketball to hockey and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And as I alluded to just a second, I want to go ahead and discuss the uh, Ranger line combinations that they went with for this game and why I don't think there's any way that the Rangers should or will make any changes uh, going into uh, this weekend's back-to-back. And to just kind of run through the upcoming schedule real quick as well, Rangers are in Nashville, uh, puck drops on Saturday at 8 p.m., and then they play Sunday at home against the Coyotes at 7 p.m., They are then off until Thursday when they will be in Seattle for one of those wonderful 10 p.m. puck drops. That's the start of a uh, four-game road trip in which all four of those games will start at 10 p.m. or later. So uh, we'll we'll see how we do with that. But uh, as far as the line combinations, uh, you know, for for this game here, you know, the Rangers shook things up again. They go with a top line of Kreider, Mika, and VZ. Second line is Panarin, Trocek, Kravtsov. The third line is the kid line, Lafreniere, Hedl, Kako. And the fourth line, you've got Blay, Goodrow, and Gauthier. So a lot to unpack here. For starters, you know, the kid line reunion, I think it's a good thing. And they were great in this game. They were really, uh, you know, strong in the offensive zone. It feels like when the kid line is together, they spend the entirety of every shift in the attacking zone. They, they work hard to main possession of the puck. And, you know, for three guys that are known for being, you know, very skillful players and, you know, obviously all former first-round draft picks, uh, they do some grunt work as well. There, there was some physicality from these guys in this game. Lafreniere, I believe, ended up with about four hits. Uh, you know, Hedl was only credited with one hit, but I thought he played more physical in this game than we're used to seeing him play. And they, uh, you know, ended up contributing to a couple of goals, and we'll get to those in due time here. But the kid line back together uh, gave the Rangers a spark in this game, as it did at times last season and certainly in the playoffs. The only downside of putting the kid line back together, and I've talked about this in the past too, is you now relegate all three of these guys to a bottom six role because that's going to be the third line if the kid line is together. The only thing you could do if you want the kid line to be the quote-unquote second line is you can put Panarin and Mika and Kreider on the top line. The downside there is that Trocek then falls out of the top six, and I don't think you want to do that. So, yeah, that that's the downside is that the kid line, the reunion means that the, two, the three of them, rather, are all going to be in the bottom six. And the other... Something of a downside is that it now kind of creates holes on your top two right wing spots. Because if Lafreniere and Kako and Hedl are not going to be playing on the top six, then you have to fill out the right wing, the top two right wing spots with guys like Jimmy Vesey, who was on the top line in this game. Guys like Vitaly Kravtsov, who was on the second line in this game. Maybe Goodrow becomes a possibility at some point. Maybe Gautier becomes a possibility at some point. Even somebody like Blay. Uh, I think the Rangers went with the right combination here. But that's the downside is that, yes, it, it does kind of weaken the top six a little bit if you're going to have all three of the kids together on the third line. Um, and, and to kind of further illustrate my point here, you know, VZ and Kraftsoff, you've got them in the top six, right? Playing on the first and second line, respectively. Coming into this game, uh, Kraftsoff had zero points in five games, and VZ coming into this game had one goal and one assist in 13 games. Those are your two top-line right wings for this game. So it's a little bit iffy, but 
as I mentioned, uh, this this kind of leads me nicely into something else that I want to talk about here. As I mentioned in the uh, most recent episode, I thought that Jimmy Vesey and Vitaly Kravtsov played their best game of the season against the Islanders. And it's one of those things, I kind of just glossed over it really quick because there were a million other things that we had to talk about in the uh, post-game episode concerning the Ranger-Islander game, namely the Rangers' uh, third-period collapse. But yeah, Kravtsov and VC in that game, I thought both looked pretty good, better than they have all season, and that continued in this game. They both uh, topped themselves and both had what I thought was the best game that they've played all season. And it wasn't just because, you know, both of them got on the score sheet. That's always nice. But beyond that, you know, even before Kravtsov, he, he had an assist late in this game. Uh, Kravtsov was a lot more noticeable in this game than he has been in the past. And doing something that I don't think a lot of us expected him to do, he was very aggressively crashing the net in this game. He had a couple of early chances in the... Uh, in the first period, I want to say, or it might have been the second period, but uh, he went to the net and was kind of whacking away at it, had a couple of opportunities to score, you know, one of those dirty goals from in deep, wasn't able to do it, but, you know, looked good and looked aggressive and looked like he was, uh, you know, playing with some confidence, some confidence that maybe he hasn't shown at other times this season. He also got called for, you know, a penalty in the offensive zone at the end of the second period, but we'll give him a a pass for that one on the grounds that it was a terrible tripping call. Uh, there was not much of anything there. Unfortunately, you know, the game was tied at that point in the game and the Rangers were able to kill it off. But yeah, good game for Kravtsov. Uh, I do want to uh, certainly talk about uh, the goal that was scored by Goodrow. The whole thing was really set up by Kravtsov. This is a goal in the third period that gave the Rangers a 4-2 to lead. But yeah, Kravtsov, this doesn't happen without uh, him making a really nice play here. So for starters, Jacob Trubas got the puck dumps it into the attacking zone. Uh, the Red Wings try to work it up the boards, but Krasov just flew over there, uh, prevented the, Re the Red Wings, excuse me, from, you know, clearing the puck, working it up the boards, getting it going in the opposite direction. And, you know, Krasov puts on some pressure. He ends up uh, getting control of the puck. He puts it at the net. Uh, Huso steers it aside into the corner. Krasov then follows up the play, goes to get his own rebound, fishes it out of the corner. You've got two Red Wings converging on him from opposite directions, but he hangs in there. He's in the, the left corner. He passes around the boards to Panarin in the right corner. And then Panarin with a beautiful pass. What else is new? In front of the net to Barclay Goodrow. Goodrow, a little forehand, backhand, you know, faked out Huso, tucked the puck or lifted the puck into the net. But again, this play does not happen without Vitaly Krasov uh, doing some good work along the boards. Again, you think of him as more like kind of the skill guy, but doing some grunt work here and, and putting in some, some blue collar effort in this game, that was great to see. And uh, it was great after the goal because... You know, Panarin, you know, they, they all go to congratulate each other and everything, and Panarin was was pointing at Krasov and smiling and kind of nodding his head. Uh, that's that's Panarin's guy. Krasov is Panarin's guy. You can see that Panarin is really kind of taking him under his wing. Uh, we saw that with them, you know, staying out there in the uh, the training camp for extra time on the ice, working on some one-timers and some things like that. And I know Ranger fans, and myself included, we all fixated on the decision to make, uh, you know, Jacob True with the captain and you know, that, that's all well and good. Everybody had their favorite as far as who they wanted the captain to be. But this just goes to show, you know, different guys can be leaders on this team, whether there's a C on your jersey or not. And Panarin, I think, doing a really good job keeping Krasov's head up and keeping him in it and making him feel like he's part of the team. Uh, Krasov, like I said, looked loose. He looked confident. Looked like he was enjoying himself out there in this game. And I think uh, you got to give credit to Artemi Panarin for, for kind of making him feel that way. I, I don't see everything that happens, obviously. But just from what I've been able to see, Training camp, preseason, regular season, uh, you know, Panarin is definitely taking Krasov under his wing, and that's a good thing. He's a, he's a player that the Rangers need to get going and have him playing with some confidence. And I mentioned VZ. He was very good in this game as well. Uh, again, kind of an unheralded 
free agent signing by the Rangers. He was a uh, he was in camp on a PTO, but he was very active on, in this game. Uh, some good work on the penalty kill. He came very close to scoring, kind of a dirty goal in the third period. Was in the crease, just kind of trying to jam the puck home. Was not able to do it, but Mika Zibanejad kind of joined him in his efforts, and Mika ended up stuffing the puck in. So VZ gets an assist there. Uh, that was a goal that I want to say made the score five to two as the Rangers uh, began to to pull away there, and then VZ also scored the final goal of this game. Uh, he did it while the Rangers were shorthanded. The Rangers, uh, you know, the puck is in the Rangers' zone. Goudreau with a nice play, passing the puck off the boards and leading VZ into the neutral zone. Uh, VZ showed some good speed here, went in alone, got behind the defense. I didn't realize this, but he actually drew a penalty on this play. I didn't see that when I was watching the game live last night, but I noticed uh, when I was watching uh, a replay of this goal this morning uh, you know, he the referee's arm went up, and it looked like he was going to get a hooking penalty, but it didn't matter because VZ just kept going and uh, scored on the breakaway. So that's nice. And again, it all goes back to this theme of the Rangers needing more secondary scoring. We've been talking how they need more of it, and look, you're not going to get this every night. You're not going to get six goals in one period every night. You're not going to get eight goals in a game. You're not going to get VZ and Hayek and, and whoever else, you know, scoring goals all in the same game. But there's got to be at least some of this because it can't be the same five guys carrying the Rangers offensively every single night. Uh, and, you know, obviously, fingers crossed that this carries over and hopefully uh, some more secondary scoring. Let's see uh, Let's see Sammy Blay get a goal in the next game. You know, he needs his first goal as a Ranger. We will see. Um, but, yeah, we're going to keep this thing rolling in just a second. I, I definitely want to talk about uh, the performance of the kid line. You know, we've obviously given them a, a shout-out or two already in this episode here today. I want to also talk about uh, the performance of Libor Hayek. I, not just the goal. I think, you know, he, he's done better than probably expected so far this season. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Jacob Truba, uh, you know, playing through some, quote-unquote, nagging injuries. So, yeah, we got a lot to do uh, still to come in today's episode, and we will get to all that good stuff in just a second. Okay, the kid line. So, really nice, very successful reunion for these guys. You end up with uh, two assists for Alexi Lafreniere. You get two assists from Philip Heedle. Uh Kako, ironically, was one of only two New York Ranger forwards who did not get a point on this night. And the other was actually Vincent Trocek. Uh, but more importantly than the points is, um, you know, these guys are just cooking together. This is the best game that Lafreniere has had in quite some time. I mentioned that Lafreniere was playing very physical on the forecheck. Uh, Hedl brings some physicality as well. And these guys are just so good at maintaining possession in the offensive zone. I mean, you could tell the Red Wings were getting frustrated. They were kind of gassed and, you know, chasing these these kids all over the ice and they can't catch up to them. And uh, the kid line was instrumental in two goals that the Rangers scored in this game, including what turned out to be the game-winning goal by Adam Fox. So I figure we might as well go ahead and uh, dive into that goal. This happens about five or six minutes into the third period, give or take. Uh, so Lafreniere and Hedl, they both end up with assists on this goal. It all starts with Adam Fox making a really good defensive play in the Rangers zone. Uh, he's able to steal the puck, leads Philip Hedl up the center of the ice. Hedl passes to his left to Lafreniere. Lafreniere gets the blue line, centers it back to Hedl, and now Hedl is trying to make a centering pass to his right to Kako. Misfired by just a little bit. Puck bounces off the boards. Uh, Fox is trailing the play. He catches up to the puck, winds back, quick slap shot, puts it into the net. Rangers with a 3-2 lead, and obviously they were off to the races after that. But a great job uh, by the Rangers on the rush here. You know, the kid's making it happen. Adam Fox making it happen on both sides of the ice. Almost like a... Uh, hybrid one-timer here. It's it's not a traditional one-timer to be sure, but Hedl was trying to get it to Kako and it bounced off the boards. And then, you know, Fox came in and just, he, he didn't do anything other than just wind back and blast. So a uh, great goal there. 
Adam Fox scoring on the slap shot. Again, just a ho-hum four-point night for Adam Fox. No big deal. You know, that's just kind of what he does. But uh, yeah, obviously, big goal, big moment in the game. Rangers get up 3-2 to two after trailing 2-1 to one, uh, in the second period. And then, uh, as far as the second goal that the uh, kid line was instrumental in this team scoring, once again, Lafreniere and Heedle pick up assists, and Libor Hayek, of all people, ends up scoring the goal. And the thing that I like is the first goal that the kid line uh, kind of accounted for. I know Adam Fox scored the goal, but, you know, the kids made it happen. Uh, kind of a, uh, a goal as a result of a strong rush up the net. This one was just a blue-collar, work-your-tail-off kind of goal from this kid line. And what makes it even more impressive to me is— you know, you could say this was in garbage time. You know, the Rangers are up 6-2 to two and Detroit's running out of gas and maybe their hearts aren't in it at this point in the game. Very demoralizing third period for the Red Wings to be sure. But that's just it. You know, this wasn't exactly crunch time and yet there, there's the kid line out there once again working their tails off to maintain possession and it ends up uh, resulting in a goal for Libor Hayek who obviously does not score that often. But to kind of just go through the play here, Got Lafreniere, he's controlling the puck along the boards on the left side, you know, kind of moving back and forth, trying to keep the defenders off of him. Uh, Kako ends up picking up the puck, and uh, Kako took a hit along the boards, but moved it up the boards to Alexi Lafreniere. Lafreniere's in the left corner. Uh, Lafreniere passes behind the net to Philip Heedle. Heedle's right behind the net there. Heedle's got a defender all over him, but kind of just shields the puck, carries the puck back around out the other side of the net through the right face-off circle, and eventually dishes back to the other side of the ice to the blue line to Libor Hayek, and Hayek just puts it at the net, and as we've mentioned, sometimes you put the puck at the net and good things happen, and of course this one deflected off of a Red Wings defenseman and into the net and uh, gave the Rangers a 7-2 lead. But as I mentioned, uh, just a blue-collar goal here. You love to see that, and for all the skill that the Rangers have on this team, my favorite goal, as I've mentioned on this podcast in the past, is always the one where my team just flat out outworks the other team. And that's what we saw here. Everybody on the ice contributing to this goal. And uh, good for Libor Hayek. And again, that's another thing that kind of leads me uh, pretty nicely into something else that I want to talk about. Libor Hayek. He is one of uh, Rangers Twitter's favorite targets. And it's not that hard to see why. Um, There's times where he has not played well. There's times where... uh, you know, Ranger fans will remember the trade with Tampa and they'll kind of take out their frustrations about that trade on Libor Hayek because he just hasn't uh, lived up to what he was supposed to be. You know, obviously the Rangers parting with uh, Miller and McDonough in that trade, but he really hasn't been bad this season. And, you know, sometimes from your sixth defenseman, I think what you want more than anything, especially after we went through an entire season of Patrick Nemeth, this is even more true, what I'm going to mention here. But I think what you want more than anything at times is for them just not to stand out all that much. Because if your sixth defenseman isn't standing out, then at least he's not a liability. At least he's not making mistakes that are costing you the game. At least he's not getting caught out of position. At least, you know, he, he's not a reason why you're losing. And I think that's mostly what we're getting for Libor Hayek for the games that he's been active this season. With Patrick Nemeth, he was a tremendous liability uh, for good chunks of last season. And he would be the reason why the Rangers were giving up goals. And he would be the reason why the Rangers uh, would lose certain games. So uh, for Hayek, I mean... You know, again, he hasn't really made any glaring miscues this season. I do remember one game where he was in front of the net. You know, he had possession, position, excuse me, and just kind of uh, left his post and, and kind of just chased the puck, and, and it resulted in a goal. So that wasn't very good. But besides that, I can't think of any truly horrible mistakes, any horrible miscues that Hayek has made in this game or in this season. Um, you know, there was a play in this game, just kind of just point out a couple of good plays from Leroy Hayek. Uh, first period, uh, Rasmussen's 
you know, going toward the net. He's a big guy, and, and Hayek really isn't, especially for a defenseman. But Hayek did a really good job here. Kind of just stood his ground, wouldn't let Rasmussen veer toward the net, and kind of forced him into the corner a little bit. So a nice job there, you know, taking the body and, and just preventing him from driving to the net and getting a scoring opportunity. There was also a play in the third period where the Red Wings lifted the puck you know, through the neutral zone into the Rainer zone, and Hayek is back skating, and the puck is, you know, taking some funny hops and and, and kind of, you know, it's between his skates there, and uh, he's having a hard time finding it. But what he did was really smart here because the puck is is still sliding forward with a lot of momentum. There's a Detroit four-checker kind of bearing down, and Hayek basically just got in his way and just kind of stood him up. Wasn't like a bone-jarring hit or anything like that, but he, I, I think he recognized on this play that okay, I don't really have to get possession of this puck. I just have to stop him from getting possession of this puck because the puck was either going to roll toward the net where Igor could play it, and we know that Igor is good handling the puck, or it was going to roll uh, behind the net and out of harm's way. So a smart play by Hayek there, not getting overwhelmed in kind of a tricky situation. He was in a tough spot there, handled it very well. So uh, my thing with Hayek has always been just that I'm kind of underwhelmed by him. I, I don't think he's this god-awful defenseman that certain people paint him out to be. I just have not seen anything special from him. And at a certain point, I think this is his 100th game last night. At a certain point, I just want to see other people get a chance. I want to see Zach Jones get a chance. Uh, he was a healthy scratch in this game. I want to see eventually Matthew Robertson get a chance, who's been very, very good uh, for the Hartford Wolfpack. He, he had a really nice season for them last year. So we'll see how this plays out. But if Libor Hayek plays the way that he did in this game, I have I can't really take too much issue with him uh, getting some games here and there. I, again, I, I do hope Jones gets the lion's share. I wouldn't put Jones back in in the next game simply because, uh, you know, the Rangers were awesome in this game, and I don't think you make any changes to the lineup as far as who plays or even the defense pairings or the line combinations. I think you line up the exact same way. But, uh, again, I, I don't see Hayek as this horrible defenseman who just kills the Rangers every time he's on the ice. I'm just a little bit underwhelmed by him, but I thought he had a solid game here. The Rangers obviously had a heck of a game, and I, I think he's earned the right to be back in the lineup uh, for the next one. And I'll, I'll, I'll now duck because I know there's some Ranger fans that aren't going to agree with me, but that's just that's just what I'm seeing this season from Hayek, and that's just how I feel. Um, we actually got an email of somebody. I, you know what? Maybe I can try to just check it real quick here because if I can find it quick enough, I do want to give a shout-out here. Um, yeah, it's going to take me a while to find this, but there was a uh, listener uh, not too long ago who, who kind of stood up for Hayek in an email, so maybe I'll give him a shout-out in the next episode. But keeping things moving along here, I don't want to waste too much time trying to shuffle through my emails. Uh, Jacob Truba. So according to Gerard Gallant, he's been playing through some nagging injuries, and there's part of me that, you know, I, I feel like, okay, that explains a lot, and certainly I don't wish injury on anybody, much less the captain of my favorite team, um, but it almost felt like a little bit of a relief when you found out that Truba has been playing injured because there's been times this season where his play uh, has certainly been lackluster. And if he's playing injured, that at least gives you some reason why, okay, that's why Truba has not been at his best or anywhere near his best so far this season. But this is what Gallant had to say uh, going into yesterday's game about Truba and the injuries. He's a veteran player. He'll tell the trainers what he can do. It's nothing major, but playoff type hockey for him right now. He just gets through it and plays the games, and that's why he's not practicing much. But he'll be fine. He'll get over the injury, and he'll be fine. He played well and hard for us. No concerns about it yet. So some uh, traditionally vague uh, injury update from—and not just Gallant. I'm not, I'm not picking on Gallant here. Every NHL coach does this, and as we've established, upper body injury, lower body injury, those are the only two injuries that exist when it comes to the NHL. Um, and it's hard for me to really— I mean, there's nothing to this quote. I don't know what the injury is. I am not a doctor. And even if I was a doctor, 
Uh, I wouldn't know what to make of this because I don't know what the injury is. But just kind of generally speaking here, and Truba played very well in this game. I, I thought Truba had one of the better games that he's played in quite some time. Uh, you know, he was uh, physical and, you know, certainly was not a liability at any point in this game either. But I will say, if there's an injury that's just kind of nagging him right now and it's the kind of thing that can be cured with, you know, a little bit of time off, then... I think it's okay if, if you make him a scratch, not a healthy scratch, okay, a, an injured scratch uh, for, for a game or two here. I don't want Jacob Truba to be, you know, half of what he's supposed to be for the entire season because he keeps trying to play through these injuries, whatever these injuries are. And I don't even know, again, if this is the kind of injury that can be uh, cured or at least helped along by some rest because I don't know what the injury is. But I think it's an option that should at least be on the table for the Rangers. Sometimes you got to take a step back to take many steps forward. And, you know, the fact that Ryan Lindgren is now back in the lineup, and I know Lindgren and Truba play different sides of the ice, but nevertheless, your defense core is still a lot stronger with Lindgren back in the lineup. I think if it's a situation where if Truba can benefit from a game off and come back that much better due to having a game off, then I think maybe you'd do it. Now, the good news, maybe what the Rangers are thinking here is you can have Truba play both games over the weekend here, and then they've got three days off. You know, Truba's been sitting out some practices due to maintenance and obviously due to these injuries. So we'll see how they look to play it. But I think, you know, if it's something that can be helped along, if Truba can be that much better from simply sitting out a game or two, then I think it's an option you definitely have to consider. Um, and I know Truba's tough. I know he wants to gut it out. And, you know, he, he's obviously been a polarizing Ranger ever since he got here, and maybe even more so now than ever uh, that he's the captain. But I will say, you know, any any Ranger fan who who doesn't like the fact that Truba's the captain, isn't the biggest fan of him, thinks he's overpaid at $8 million a season— I mean, I like Truba. I've mostly supported him on the show. I have called him out for, you know, some lackluster play earlier this season. The one thing, though, that every single Ranger fan has to agree on, this dude is tough as nails. And he's going to go out there, and he's going to try to play through some injury, and he's going to play his physical brand of hockey. Uh, sometimes, though, you know, and again, depending on what this injury is, you have to kind of save a player from himself because Truba's just going to keep going out there. If you let it up to him, whether he plays or not, I mean, he'll go out there and play on one leg if he has to. So, again, I, I think the Rangers need to... Uh, you know, use their best judgment and exercise discretion here. I know I'm kind of speaking vaguely about this whole thing, but again, we don't know what the injury is or what kind of benefits there could be for him, you know, taking a game or two off. But we will see. Uh, it was certainly encouraging to see Truba play one of the better games that he's played in some time. And then uh, I figure we could pretty much wrap it up there for today. I will just mention uh, it was cool to see all the Ranger dads in the audience. You know, obviously they were all wearing the jersey of, of their son and uh, having a great time there. And, uh, hey, the Rangers, uh, they really showed up for them in this game. Won this game 8-2. to two. Mika Zibanejad's dad was in the locker room before the game, reading the starting lineup. And my understanding is they will also accompany the team to Nashville for their game against the Predators. Glant was asked about it after the game. You could tell, you know, he really thought it was a cool thing as well. And he was kind of joking that, yeah, you know, we're going to need to do this for the whole season, basically. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, obviously, hey, if, if that sparked this team, having all the dads there, and that's awesome. And hopefully it carries over into, um, you know, Saturday's game against the Predators as well. But I, I figure we could pretty much call it there for today. Wasn't this so much more fun? The Rangers got a win. You know, the three-game losing streak is over. They, they just go off in the third period. Everybody's contributing. These are the fun episodes of New York Rangers. I mean, they're all fun. We all have a good time on here. But I think uh, we can probably all agree that these are just a little bit more enjoyable uh, when, when the Rangers play as well as they did in Detroit last night and uh, ultimately come away with a win. Uh, but yeah, we will call it there. Uh, once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is 
uh, NYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.